Amen. How many is glad to be in God's house today? How many is glad when they said unto you, let's go to the house of the Lord? Today we're gonna continue our series on Simplify. And first week we talked about uh, how we can simplify our life is to take away distractions. And last week we talked about uh, the power that comes when we simply obey and commit to God and that's very simple. That Sometimes we, we make following Jesus so complicated when it's actually very simple when really he's just asking us to love him and commit our life to him and obey him. And today I wanna talk about how can we simplify our faith. It's really very simple what we need to do to please God and that is what? Have faith. How many wants to have faith here today? How many wants to have a faith that pleases God? God, how many wants to grow your faith? Come on, does anybody wanna grow your faith today? One of the most simple yet overlooked ways that we can please God is to just have faith. And sometimes you have to fake it and sometimes you have to faith it. Sometimes you just have to believe that what God said is true. And it gets complicated when we try to figure it out. How many's ever tried to figure it out? How many's ever told God what's gonna happen? And when God deviated from the plan ever so slightly, what happens? Our faith plummets. But we've gotta keep faith in God. What the devil is after is not your money, it's not your house. You know what the devil's after? Your faith. He's coming after your faith. He's gonna throw the kitchen sink at you to try to get you to lose faith. So what, what is faith? What exactly does it mean to have faith? Well, throughout the scriptures, the uh, real meaning of faith is a trustful human response to God's self-revelation through his words and through his action. Here's a Really simple way to put that. To have faith means that you believe in who God is and you believe that he can do what he said he's gonna do. Does anybody here today believe in who Jesus said that he is? Does anybody believe today that Jesus is God? Does anybody believe today that he is the word of God given to us? He is the Father revealed to us. How many believe in Jesus today? And how many today believe that Jesus can do what he said he's going to do? I still believe that he heals. I still believe that he saves. I still believe he delivers. I still believe that he will come and rule and reign. I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and I believe that he can do what he said he can do. The Hebrew word for faith is aman. And this word denotes reliability, stability, and firmness. A concrete meaning to this word is to support or uphold like a parent would an infant. And so what that means is that we rely on the firmness. We rely on the reliability of God's word. That means I'm, I'm living my life leaning on, not my own understanding, but my faith in that eternal, perfect, 
person who has revealed himself to us and I believe that what he says is true. No matter what comes in my life, I keep that faith. I stand on that firmness. And another significant word to convey the idea of faith is yare, which means to fear. To fear God is to have faith. It means to tremble at his word, to tremble at who he is. To have the fear of God is that I live my life in a way that I fear his word. I fear his character. And here's the awesome thing. The closer we get to God, the less we have to be afraid of him. Because the closer we get to him, we trust him. We see his character is good. We see his ways are good. We see that his ways are perfect. How many can testify to what we sung just a few minutes ago? All my life, you have been faithful. He has been faithful to us. And so we can keep our faith in him. I wish somebody believed that in this place today. Can anybody testify? All my life, he has been faithful. And so to fear God is to have the conviction, and that's what faith is. It's a conviction in my heart. His word is true. Right now, we live in a world, and I touched a little bit on this last week, and I'm gonna come back to it, where all we hear is science, science, science. People have faith in science. People believe in science, and until we can break it down, until we can put it in a lab, until we can do all the stuff, we can't say anything is true. If you're gonna have faith, you're gonna have to let go of all that stuff. And here's what I'm gonna tell us today. Science changes. Science changes. What, what we believed just three years ago about stuff has totally changed. Why? Because science changes. Research changes. And I'm just going to, to say this right now. That's why we don't need to stray too far away from what God says in Genesis. Because I, I can't explain it all and there's interesting theories out there. But those theories change every 10, 20, 30 years and it's sometimes it takes a while for science to catch up with God. And I'm not anti-science. God hasn't called us to be stupid. Part of faith is using science, but in all of our understanding, we rely upon faith. I rely upon what God says. And in Genesis 15 and six, we see what faith is with Abraham, God calls him out. He says, Abraham, I want you to go look in the sky. He says, in 15:6, he says, look toward heaven and number the stars. And if you are able to number them, and of course you can. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And it says that Abraham believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed what God said. One man with no kids walked outside and God said, look at those stars. That's the offspring. That's what it's going to look like. That's what your legacy is going to be. And Abraham just had a simple faith that what God had just said to him was true and it was counted to him as righteousness. I wanna tell you, how do you get right with God is that you simply believe what he says is true. You don't have to know the play-by-play. -play. You don't have to know the breakdown of how it's gonna happen. You can't even imagine it if you could be shown that anyway. You simply believe 
God will do it. God will perform his word. God is good in his character. And that's how we become righteous. Abraham linked himself to the promise. How many is linking yourself to the promise today? I'm holding on to that promise. I'm holding on to the word of God. I'm holding on to the character of God. And that's how we tap in to the resources of God. And so I wanna give us today this scripture in Habakkuk. I, I want you to lay hold of this. It says this, behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. And we're gonna talk about in a minute, one of the ways that we show faith is humility. He says the proud, they become upright in themselves. But the just, everybody say the just, shall live, how? By faith. I'm not living this life in what I can do. I'm not living this life in man's reasoning. The just, who are the just? Those are the people that are gonna be saved. They're gonna live by faith. I wanna ask you today, when's the last time you stepped out in faith? Things get complicated when we start relying on us. But when we step out in faith, and with the, the faith of Peter, and we just step out of that boat and say, I'm gonna walk on this water because my rabbi says I can. I'm gonna get out of the comfort of everyday life. I'm gonna get out of the comfort of the familiar, and I'm gonna step out in faith and to the unknown because I see Jesus is out there, and where Jesus is, anything can happen. Anything can happen when I step out in faith. Faith deals outside of facts, and it stands on trust. God, I'm trusting you. I believe you. And I want to give us a couple of points today. And the first point I want to give us today is this. My faith is not in my faith. My faith is in God. I'm going to try to simplify it for us because I think we can make faith so complicated and I think one of the ways that we make it complicated, one of the ways I've heard it preached is that your faith has to be level 10 100% of the time. And if it's not a level 10 100% of the time, God will do nothing, God will do no miracles, God will show you no favor, God's actually not very happy with you. If, if it's not a level 10 100% of the time, you probably will be lost. Can I tell you, if that's true, we're all in trouble. Because I just want to tell you right now, one text message can take my faith from level 10 to level negative 2 in 30 seconds. Because we're all human. And how many knows that God has grace? And so my faith isn't in my ability to believe. Because my ability to believe perfectly at all times is subject to change. But when I have faith not in my faith but I have faith in who God is. And I start out from the fact that God, I know that I'm never gonna believe you perfectly. There's gonna be ups and downs in the course of a day. But despite that, my general attitude is this, God, I still believe you and I still trust you. You know, the, the Bible says some, something interesting. It says that Abraham never wavered at the promises of God. There's one problem with that. It's not true. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna explain it. I'm not saying the word of God's not true. How do we see that? Well, 
twice, not once, but twice. He goes to a foreign king and he loses faith and he lies about the status of the relationship with his wife and says it's his sister. Now, if I did that once, I would be going to see a lawyer very quickly. <laughs> Amen, Sister Suey. I would be fired from this job. You would not call me your pastor. He didn't do that once, he did it twice. But yet, God's word says that he did not waver. What does that mean? Despite his failings, despite the ups and downs that happens to all of us in the course of the day, his general attitude was, God will get me out of this mess. And I wanna say that today to encourage you because sometimes we can make faith, a faith so complex and complicated and we discourage people and we beat them down and, and come on, you've gotta psych yourself up and so many times I've felt that. I've, I've gotta beat my chest and look in the mirror and say, you know, you can do it. And, and you know, Philippians 4.13, if I write it enough throughout my house, uh, you know, that, that verse that says that, you know, God can do all things and, and all, of that, all that stuff. And I've, I've got to constantly psych myself up and I can't have a bad day. And I can never, you know, get discouraged for a second because if I do, it's all over. It'll all fall apart. That's not how God works. My faith is not in my faith. My faith is in the perfection of Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will give me grace in my time of need so that he can perform what he said he will do. Matthew chapter 17 tells us a story. and It says the disciples came to Jesus privately. You see, they had just prayed for a little boy who needed a miracle and nothing happened. And so after that failed experiment, they come to Jesus privately. I like that. They didn't go before thousands of people and say this. They said, okay, it's time to have a huddle and we need to save face. So do not invite the multitudes to hear this conversation. They pull him aside privately and say, hey, why could we not cast that demon out? And he said to them, because you have little faith. He says that because of your little faith, you could not do it. Now I want you to see here, because it, it seems like Jesus contradicts himself. He says, but if you have faith like that of a grain of a mustard seed, which was the smallest seed known at that time. He says, if you have the, the faith that small, you can say to a mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. But wait a minute, Jesus, I thought you said that the reason we couldn't cast out this demon is because we had little faith, but you're saying if we have faith the size of the grain of a mustard seed, we can do anything. Here's what I think Jesus is saying. You have to have the right kind of faith. I think what he was saying is, guys, your faith was in your faith. Your faith was in what you could do. Your faith was in your abilities. But if you have faith just the size of a mustard seed and what I can do. I can do anything through you and nothing will be impossible. And when he says, you can say to this mountain be removed, he's not talking about a literal mountain. Um, the mountain that he talks about here is referring to anything that's blocking kingdom purposes. 
Anything that's blocking the kingdom of God from advancing, you can speak to it if you just have a little bit of real faith. You see, it's not about the quantity of your faith. It's not about beating your chest, looking in the mirror, and and convincing yourself. It's just having a simple attitude that God can do this. If you have that, you can speak to a mountain, and it will be removed, and nothing will be impossible for you. How many believe that that's still true? How many believe that we can still speak to mountains? How many believe that we can still speak to sickness? How many believe that we can still speak to that which is impossible? And God can do it, not because of us, but because we have a name above every other name. We have a God that's higher than anything out there. I wish I had some people that believe that today and would stand on your feet and lift up your hands and say, God, I believe in what you can do. I don't believe, I don't have faith in my abilities, God, but I trust God what you can do. I trust you, God, amen. Jesus is telling them they don't need an abundance of the wrong kind of faith. They need just a little bit of the right kind to move a mountain. Those with the most basic pure faith, the faith of a child, can move a mountain. And so sometimes, I want to tell us today that sometimes mustard seed faith looks like this. Sometimes it's a maybe faith. Sometimes it's not 100% faith, it's 51% faith. Sometimes people ask me, you know, I feel like God's leading me in this direction. Can you confirm that that's true? And I can lie and say yes, or I can be real and say maybe. Sometimes God just gives us a maybe. Sometimes that looks like us stepping out, not knowing exactly what's going to happen, not knowing exactly how it's going to come to pass, and stepping out in faith. Maybe faith says I have a hunch that this is true. And I I think that God honors and God loves maybe faith. Maybe faith says, you know what? I don't have all the explanations. I don't know exactly how it's all going to work, but I have a hunch that God wants to do something. I have a hunch that God wants to do the impossible. I didn't have a dream. A prophet didn't come tell me. All I have is a nudge inside that God wants to do something. Uh, sometimes maybe faith looks like going to pray with that person over in the corner at church or over the next pew at church, and you don't know what God's gonna do, but you have a maybe. Does anybody have a maybe in your spirit? It's okay to have maybe faith. You see, maybe faith is this. Sometimes we step out on a maybe and it doesn't happen. Has anybody ever had that happen to you before? Here's what I'm gonna tell you. Sometimes we have to fail our way into success. And if you step out in faith, it's really not failure because you still trusted God. And maybe the results weren't what you wanted, but maybe God did something in that moment that you didn't even see, and God always honors faith. God always honors trust. I wanna encourage somebody. Don't be ashamed and don't be afraid if all you have is a maybe. I I love there's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Jonathan, who was Saul's son, 
They were at war with the Philistines. And they come across this garrison, this stronghold of Philistines. He and his armor bearer, they're just out for a walk one day. And I love what it says in verse 6 of chapter 14. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be. Everybody say, it may be. He didn't say, I, I know for sure. He didn't say, I know that God has delivered them into our hands. He said, it may be, Maybe. that the Lord will work for us. For nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by a few. And his armor bearer said to him, do all that's in your heart. Do as you wish, because I am with you, heart and soul. And here's what I wanna show us today, is sometimes we pick a fight with the enemy Sometimes we step out in faith and we do something that's completely crazy, like two people taking on a whole garrison of Philistines because we have maybe faith. And we say, you know what? I believe God's given me this hunch that we need to go pick a fight with the enemy because I think he's with us and I just have enough faith to believe that God can save by many or by a few. God can do a miracle with a little bit of money or with a lot of money. God can do a miracle with a lot of people praying or with just two people praying. God can do a miracle when it's just a boring Wednesday night and it doesn't look like there's much going on. God can do it if we step out with maybe faith. I wish somebody today would praise him. Maybe. And we see from from that story that God did an incredible work and he destroyed a whole garrison of Philistines that led to a whole territory being freed. And I love what the, the end of that story says, that it happened when they took over an half acre. All Jonathan and his armor bearer did was take over a half acre and an entire area was freed of the enemy because somebody stepped out with maybe faith. Maybe faith. Here's one I'm gonna throw at you today. What if that battle wouldn't have worked out? What if Jonathan and his armor bearer would have been immediately pummeled? You know what? I think God still would have honored it. Because God always honors faith. And we wanna use wisdom. I'm not saying we don't, don't, don't step out tomorrow and like give your entire life savings to the church because you have a maybe, all right? Use wisdom. But sometimes... Maybe faith looks a little bit ridiculous. Second, faith, uh, second point I wanna give us today is that faith that pleases God is relentless. It says, I'm holding on and I'm not letting go. I'll do what I have to do. I'll holler if I have to. There's a story of a man at Jericho, a blind man in Jericho. Jesus is walking by and he knew it was his one chance for him to be healed, and he yelled at the top of the lungs until Jesus heard him, and he stopped, and he came to him and asked him what he wanted. You have to be willing to yell. You have to be willing to push like the woman with the issue of blood. You, you have to have the tenacity that says, I'm going for it. There, there's a story in our family of Grandpa Suey, and he had an ulcer, and this was Bishop's father. He had an ulcer, and this was before we had access to modern medicine and before that they even probably had the finances to see a doctor. And he had this painful ulcer. And all he had was a maybe, but he was relentless. And he heard that there was a man who had the gift of healing. And I wanna stop right here and say, we believe in that in that ch this church. 
We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the gifts of healing. An example of that took place here on Wednesday night. God has gifted certain people with gifts of healing. That doesn't mean that their prayer is more powerful than mine. It means that God has given them a spiritual gift. And here's what I'm gonna say. If you know that somebody has that gift, and if I was sick, if I was within driving distance and I needed a miracle, I would drive to be in that meeting. I would drive to get prayed for. Why? Because God answers and honors faith. And Grandpa Suey, he was out of options. He was desperate, he, but he was also relentless. And he and Grandma Suey boarded a train for Jeffersonville, Indiana. Yes, I said a train. That, that's how far back this was. Because they heard there was a man who had the gift of healing. No appointment. No email or text that said, hey, just a heads up, we're going to be coming in about 2 o'clock on Monday. They just showed up at his house knocked on the door, and, and Grandma Suey didn't really believe in all this stuff yet. And Grandpa Suey asked him to pray for him. He laid hands on him. He was instantly healed of his ulcer, and Grandma Suey fell out on the floor filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because God answers faith. You've got to get, be willing to get on a train, get in the car. You've got to be willing to get in a plane, where, whatever I have to do, because I believe that God can heal. Come on, somebody believe that today. Somebody grab a hold of that. Here's what I, what I want to tell us today is that your effort doesn't make miracles happen, but our lack of effort can keep them from happening. Grandpa Suey had to buy the train ticket. He had to get in the train. He had to make the effort. And I love what Dallas Willard says. He says, grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. It's not that we earn anything from God, but we do have to put forth effort. I can't complain about getting wet if I go outside in the rain, if I don't take an umbrella. I can't blame God for that. I've got to take the umbrella. I've got to lift the umbrella. God's not gonna do it for me. And so grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. And, and we see that in Mark chapter two, we see a man who approached Jesus. And it says, when he had returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was home. In other words, people heard that Jesus was home and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door, as he was preaching the word to him. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. This man was paralyzed and four men carry him. And I just want to stop here and say this. It's important that when you need a miracle that you have friends who have faith. That's why you need to be here today. That's why you need to come to church. Why? Because sometimes when my faith is negative too, I need to get around some people that have faith at plus 10 right now and they can feed me. And these men, they carried, they could not get near to him because of the crowd. They couldn't get into the house because of the crowd. And they removed the roof above him. They had such great faith. They said, okay, we can't get through the front door. Somebody go home and get your hammer, get your chisel, get your ax, get whatever you have. We're gonna cut the roof off this thing 
because we wanna see our friend have a miracle. Come on, we need some believers like that. I say, I don't need the miracle, but I know somebody that does. And we're gonna fast, we're gonna pray, we're gonna take the roof off this thing until we get him to Jesus. And when they had made an opening, we go back to verse four. When they made an opening, they let him down on the bed. Think about the effort they went to. They had to develop some kind of system to lower him to Jesus. And I love what verse five says. And when Jesus saw their faith. You see, faith is something sometimes that is exhibited and you can see it. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees that were there freaked out. And Jesus said in verse 11, he says, I say to you, rise and pick up your bed and walk and go home. You see, those Pharisees were mad that Jesus healed on the Sabbath and Jesus had to explain to him that's what the Sabbath was for. In other words, that's why we come to church is to see the lame walk, to see people healed, to see miracles, to see people changed. That's why I've, Jesus has said, I've, I've come to do. And, and this happened because some people were relentless in their faith. Point number three, true faith is full of humility. True faith is full of humility. Sometimes God has to get us to the point where we have no plan B. All the doctors fail, all the medicine fails, the bankers fail, the experts fail, we fail. And it's at that point where we say, okay, God, I see it. You're my only hope. You're the only thing I have to run to, and here's what we have to realize, that prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. Every day we need to live with the attitude of I need a miracle. Every day we need to live with the attitude, God, I can't do this without you. Every day we need to live with that true mustard, feet, uh, mustard seed, uh, humble faith that says, God, I believe in who you are and what you can do, and I'm relying upon that today. God, I'm not stepping out today believing in anything I can do. God, I'm trusting in you today. You see, God hates and he resists pride. If there's one thing that will keep a miracle from happening, it's pride. And God is drawn to humility. Pride says God owes me. How many knows that God doesn't owe us one more miracle? God doesn't owe us one more answered prayer. God does not owe us anything. Humility says, God, I need you more than everything, anything. And it is the self-righteous mindset that we've done something or that God owes us something that can keep us from a miracle. And we see in John chapter four, a great, great display of humility. It says, so he came to Canaan and Galilee where he had made water into wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. And I wanna stop here right now. This was a Roman official, a Roman government officer. They did not go around Jews. They especially did not go to Jewish rabbis for questions or for help. Why? Because they were seen as the end all. If anybody had power, if anybody had resources, it was these guys. But this man had reached a point of desperation and he decided, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if everybody sees. It would be like the President of the United States coming to Herrick to church today to ask for a miracle. That would take great humility. 
And that's what this man is doing. And so it says, when he heard that Jesus had come, he went to him and he asked him to come down and to heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And I want you to see what Jesus said to him. Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, if that were me, I would have been offended and I would have gone home. And I would have gone on Facebook to tell everybody how big of a jerk that Jesus is. I asked him to heal my son and he came back with a smart remark. How many knows that no, when God says no, sometimes it's a not yet. And sometimes when God tells us no, it's a test of our faith. But we see here, this man has humility and he has persistence. And the official said to him, sir, I wanna stop at that word, sir. You see, no Roman official would have called a Jewish person or a Jewish teacher, sir. You know what this official is saying? You have the power here. I don't have the power. He's saying, sir, come down before my child dies. I wanna tell you today, if you are gonna get a miracle, you're gonna have to humble yourself. What is that? Sometimes that looks like fasting. You know what fasting will do? It will humble you. Why do we fast? We need to humble our flesh and we need to remind ourselves it's not by works that we have done. It's not even our faith. Why? Because as I said, when we have uh, trials and temptations, often our faith plummets. Sometimes, I gotta be honest with you, sometimes when I fast, my faith plummets. And I think that that is in order. I think God does that for a reason, that in fasting to show how much we need him. I need him to have faith. I need him to believe. I need him to give me the grace to believe one more time. And so he says, sir, please come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. All Jesus gave him was a word. This man couldn't FaceTime home to see it himself. You see, Jesus, he said, you people look for signs and wonders because everybody else at that time was looking for the spectacular. They were looking for Jesus to feed the 5,000. They were looking for signs in heaven. They were looking for all the signs. And how many knows that sometimes all we have when we pray is a word from God? Sometimes all we have as a word is that he will heal. All that we have is a word that he will perform it. And I love what this says, that a man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went home. Some of us today, the greatest sign of faith that we can do is just go home and believe God's gonna do it. This man had to walk 14 miles home to where he came from. I can imagine as he's walking home, the enemy's trying to come in his head and say, you, you should have asked him for a sign. You should have asked him for some way to confirm this. And it says in verse 51, as he was going down, as he was on the way home, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. And he asked him the hour that it began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour when the fever left him. You see, when Jesus gave him that word. All he had with that was that word. And it started at that very point. The healing started at that point. And I wanna tell you, if God has given you a word, you hold on to that word. Maybe some of you are praying for a prodigal to come home. You don't know what's going on in their heart. You don't know what questions they're asking. 
Maybe God has already started the process for them to come home, but you haven't seen it yet. Don't lose faith. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep seeking God. Why? Because God often does things in the dark when we can't see it. We're gonna have to humble ourselves. I think of Naaman in 2 Kings chapter five. This man who was a Roman or a Syrian government official needed to be healed of leprosy. And he had a little Jewish girl who was a maid in his palace who said, hey, Mr. Naaman, hey, sir, I know of a prophet in Israel who can pray for you and it can happen. You know why some people will never, never get their miracle? They, they think they're too good to come to this altar. They're think they're, they think they're too good to come to this church. They think they're too good to go to that tent meeting. They think they're too good to go to that conference and they'll never get their miracle as long as they stay where they think they're too good for it. And Naaman, he went to see the prophet. And the prophet didn't even leave his house when Naaman got there. He sent his servant. And his servant said, hey, if you want a miracle, here's what you need to do. You need to go dip in the Jordan seven times. And Naaman's response was, the Jordan, that's the dirtiest river around. It was a filthy river. And his servant said to him, if God asked you to do something difficult, if God asked you to climb a mountain and you knew that you would be healed, you would do it, but he's asking you to do something very simple. And I want to tell somebody that a lot of time the key to our miracle is very simple. Sometimes it looks like coming to this altar. Sometimes it looks like fasting. Sometimes it just looks like praying one more time. Sometimes it looks like showing up to a certain place where somebody has a gift to be prayed for. Some of you today, you need to take the step of baptism and you've been fighting it because what will people think? What will it look like? Well, do you want your miracle or not? God's not asking you to do something hard. You get in water, you get in water for a couple minutes. It's heated. Well, I didn't bring clothes. Good news, we've got some. Got these nice t-shirts. Bishop will run across the street and grab some long shorts for you. I'm kidding. We, he won't do that. We'll, fit, we'll find you clothes. Just show some faith. Get in the water. Show what God is doing in your life. Display faith. Come to this altar. Well, what will happen? Well, some people are going to lay hands on you who have faith. And it might be uncomfortable for two, three minutes, but wouldn't you rather have a miracle? Wouldn't you be cancer, rather be cancer-free? Wouldn't you rather be free of sin? Wouldn't you rather be filled with the Spirit of God? Come, come on, somebody preach with me today. God is not asking you to do something great today as our musicians will come. God is asking you just to show a little bit of faith. And so Naaman went back down to that river and he dipped seven times. And his skin looked like the skin of a baby. Why? Naaman's faith wasn't perfect. But it was there. And so maybe you come into this place today. Maybe you've beat yourself up with a doubt that you struggle with. Maybe you don't think you're worthy of a miracle because your faith isn't perfect. I want to tell you today, it's not in us. This power is not in us. 
This power is not in me. This power is not in anybody here. This power is in the one and only Jesus Christ who can heal, who can save, who can deliver. So I'm asking somebody today just to have a little bit of faith. It says, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. You see, Jesus is omnipotent. Does that mean he's all-powerful? There's nothing he cannot do. He is all-present. There's nowhere he cannot be. He can come in this room. He can come in this place with all the power and authority that resides in his character and in his name. And he can heal. He can set free. I wonder if we could stand up all across this house. And I'm asking you today, is there anybody here today that needs a miracle? Is there anybody here today that needs a situation to change? Is there anybody here today that needs to be filled with the Spirit of God and the power of the Holy Ghost? I'm asking you, come up here one more time. I'm asking you to step out in faith right now. Come on, can we fill these altars right now? Does anybody need a touch from God? Maybe you're here today and you just want God to uplift your faith. Maybe you've lost your faith. What You know what, you come to this altar one more time. You come to this place and you say, God, I'm asking for grace. God, I'm asking for a miracle. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray for some of the prayer warriors in this place. I want you to step out in faith and pray for people. And as you pray for them, we're not praying for them from the power that comes from us. We're praying from the power of an all-powerful God. Come on, somebody let your faith lift up right now. Can we lift up our hands all over this place? God wants to do something here today. God wants to fill somebody with his spirit. God wants to heal somebody right now. God wants to change somebody's life. And we're gonna sing here in a minute, but let's lift up our hands. Father, I pray, God. Lord, we believe, God, in your power and your authority. We humbly come before you, God, asking for you to change some hearts.